Michael Phelps just happened to get that power up and shave two seconds off his time. Hello. Welcome to Good Bad Show. My name is Andy. And I'm Matt. This is a podcast where Matt and I, we're friends in real life and friends on the internet as well. We talk about a lot of stuff, good stuff, bad stuff, try and figure out if something is can possibly be objectively good or objectively bad. And Matt, this week, I'll talk about something that I actually had to like research to make sure we hadn't talked about before because it's come up in so many other episodes, but I think we should just dedicate an episode to it. Is it like burgers where it's the example every time, but we never actually talk about it? No, I don't think it's an example much. I think it just comes up in our conversation because we're very interesting, you know, people. Matt, tonight I want to talk about the iOS game threes. Okay. Yeah, that does come up a lot. Because yeah, we talk about it, it a lot. 10 billion times. And I've played a million you've gotten times. gotten to level 1 million. And I haven't gotten to that level that far. But it is the number one game in my games folder. Yeah, I think. Which is a pretty big accomplishment. I think it is. I mean, I've not played every iOS game. I haven't even played all the popular iOS games. But of, of every iOS game I have played, I think it is far and away the best game that I've ever had the chance to play on the iOS platform. It's got the most sticking power, that's for sure. It's going to come back to it a lot. There's plenty of other games that are a lot of fun, but like. How many, how many other games can you play for, like, I don't know how long we've had iPhones. 100 years? Probably 100 years. I think 3 has been out for, like, four or five years now. It's been a minute. And, uh, yeah, I've been playing it most days since it came out, I would say. I play at least one game of 3s. It's my go-to airplane activity. Mm, yeah, airplanes are good. You can really get deep and play a lot of back-to-back games, really think really hard about your moves on an airplane. That's, that's Or you can, listen to, you can listen to a podcast and then occupy your eyes, and then you don't have to deal with anyone around you. It's really nice. That is one of my top moves, too, listening to podcasts, yep. playing threes. It's a great yep. spot to be in. Yep. So for those that are uninitiated, threes is an iOS puzzle game where you are randomly given these numbered tiles, and you have to combine at first... Uh, ones and two tiles into three tiles, and then you have to then combine multiple threes into sixes, multiple sixes into twelves, and you know so on and so forth, uh, up up the chain of numbers until you can get to the biggest possible number. Uh, some people, unfortunately, their like touchstone for this is not threes, but instead twenty forty eight. Oh yeah, the that's rip the ripoff of threes. That's the like uh, Android version of it, right? Well, yeah, I believe that the person that made twenty forty eight first made it for the web. So it's just a website you go to, which of course was totally free, and it worked on mobile devices, and then later on put it in both the Android and iOS app stores for free, and by virtue of it not costing any money, it did achieve, in some ways, a more popular place in the culture than Threes, which is something that I still resent to this day. <laughs> it's very upsetting Do you think that's me. still the case? Does it still survive uh, with that kind of notoriety, or was that a passing thing? Like, did Threes survive based on its... Uh, it's quality, and, and uh, what's the other one called? The series of numbers, did that go away? 2048? Yeah, did 2048 go away? I don't know if people are still playing 2048. I would guess maybe not, but I think because it peaked so high, I was just talking to Linda and about threes. She never heard of threes. I was like, oh, you mean like 2048? And I was like, oh, I see. Linda, no. Is she like, I love John Cougar Mellencamp. You're like, Bruce Springsteen? She's like, no idea. No idea what to <laughs> Pretty do Pretty much. That. That's basically what it was. <laughs> uh, so if you're if you're into like, you know, creative like intellectual property and like artists rights and like some like weird drama about where the line between like fair use and like just ripping off a game is there's a lot you can read about that kind of uh the drama between those two apps i don't think it ever came to legal action as far as i know but i do know that uh that greg and asher the two people that made threes eventually as to like as evidence of all the hard work they put into the game because once they made it right like 
the game is seems like so such a simple idea. Like it seems like it's so natural and just like was begging to exist, and they just kind of stumbled across it, right? Uh, but they actually published their entire like archive of every email they sent back and forth to each other over the course of like a year and a half while they were working on threes, which is just like, you know, tens of thousands of words. Like it's just a huge archive of, of communications just to like as evidence of like how much work they put into making this thing because a lot of people were kind of like, you can't be mad that this got taken by somebody else because it's such a simple idea. There's nothing to it. And yeah. they were like, no, no, <laughs> there's a lot to it. We really worked quite hard on this. So uh, anyway... That's, I don't want to talk too much about that. 2048, objectively bad. Three is objectively great. No arguments there from anybody, I'm sure. Uh, I want to talk about what makes threes such a great game because I think there's a lot that can be learned from it, and I've also spent a fair amount of time thinking about why I think it's such a great game. Uh, do you have any comments before I just start going down my carefully written list? I did my prep work for this episode. Are we saying, what's the game again? 1024 by 768? 2048. What's the uh, What's the reason that's a bad game and threes is a good game? Just because of a knockoff? Or are, there, are these reasons part of this? Uh, I mean, technically there are mechanical differences between the games. Somewhat substantial ones. If I recall correctly, 2048 is played on a larger board. Uh, I know the main mechanical difference is that when you slide the tiles a direction instead of just moving like one space and collapsing where they're able to the tiles will basically slide as far to that direction as they possibly can and collapse as, as much oh, as yeah, they can it's along easier, their right? row. i haven't played 800 by 600 in a while but it's, it's an easier <laughs> i remember being an easier game i've come back to threes though. yeah well, yeah to get to the to the stated you know to get to the eponymous score twenty forty eight is quite easy in in twenty forty eight. I believe you just basically pick a corner and swipe up, swipe right, swipe up, swipe right. You know, and just that's it. I have I have beat six forty by four eighty, but I haven't beat threes yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. I also beat four twenty sixty nine, uh, but I also have not gotten the highest <laughs> tile in, in in threes. So uh, look, if you're going to be disrespectful, I can disrespect your name. Okay, all right, ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. So genuinely, like the thing, that, the things that this guy changed, I think made it a lot worse. I think it is a much worse game, uh, and it also lacks a lot of the polish, uh, which makes threes such like a perfect gem. That is the key. That is aged so have, greatly. Like, every little detail down. There's kind of every detail is down. I feel like you're not going to find a glitch or a bug or but whatever. Not not even in the way that like uh, oh, it's going to crash and and ten twenty four by seven sixty eight will crash, but uh, like every little detail is perfect, including like. The way the tiles slide, the little noises that they make, the way that they fit together, uh, the little graphics and the little uh, character details. It is a pretty, uh, no detail missed, right? Yeah, and I was actually tweeting back and forth with Asher recently about a threes-related thing. that, but he, And he, he mentioned something along the lines of, like, I don't think they've changed anything about the game more or less since launch. I'm sure they've, like, done maintenance and perhaps some, like, performance mm-hmm. updates, but he's like... Nothing has changed about the game mechanically. We haven't touched any of the stuff they like did to make the game. It's just been that way since it popped out of their brains, and you know, has basically been unchanged ever since. And you know about software? That's pretty standard. You just put it out in the world, and nothing ever breaks. Basically, it's totally fine. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it is amazing that like you know, it was a fairly successful game. Uh, they got recognition for it, and I'm, I think made a little bit of money. And you know, it, it is impressive that given those resources they weren't like let's make it better they were kind of like, oh no let's it's fine <laughs> let's not you know play around with it they did add, i believe if i remember correctly and I, this is testing my my threes histor- historical knowledge i believe uh the ability to start the game with like your third or fourth highest achieved tile already on the board was a feature they added sometime after launch mm-hmm. uh, it used to be you always started from scratch and now there is a toggleable option in the settings to basically if you've reached you know, 
Uh, I'm gonna pull up my phone right now to see what the what the breakdown is. Uh, so I I have achieved the second highest tile in the threes game. This is where I, my current scores are, are tapped out. So I've gotten to 3072 a couple of okay. times, and because I've gotten a 3072, my board starts with a 384 tile oh. on it, which is you know some number of things back. And so if I'd only gotten to a 1536 uh, or whatever, I would start with the 192 tile, and that I think is a feature they did add that does affect the mechanics of the game uh, post launch. Other than that, I think they've just added uh, a like history of your scores graphed in like a cute way and like some other things that don't affect the mechanics of the game. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to put out a sequel. They should have put out three fast, three furious or whatever, right? If they were trying to just cash in as much as possible on the success of the game, they would do that. Instead, that they've both gone on to make other great games. Uh, I know Greg has been working really hard on Tumble Seed, which came out last year. So if you're into that, you should check out Tumble Seed. Uh, it's a game I have not played, but I think is uh, well well loved by critics. But uh, I want to talk about threes, though, Matt. So you mentioned a lot of things that are great about it, but I do have kind of a, a set list here that I want Let's to go through. It. Kind of just starting starting with simple things and then you know getting up to the more, I think, impressive feats that threes accomplishes. Now, first of all, just from like a game design perspective, threes is a very clear goal, right? It, you, it doesn't really require, I'm not sure if there's like a tutorial when you like start the game. There is like a thing it teaches you how to like swipe mm -hmm. basically, but the goal doesn't really need to be explained to you. Like it's clear that you are trying to combine these tiles as efficiently as possible to get the highest number you can possibly achieve, uh, which is something that I think, I think it's easy to take the, it for granted that it has a clear goal. But Threes is kind of a, a novel format for a game, right? It's not just an existing game translated to a phone. It's not right. just a crossword puzzle or a Sudoku or a game of chess that's put on a phone screen. Uh, and so because it's totally novel, like the fact that they designed it in a way that like the goal is clear is something that's really impressive. In that same vein, the fact that the way you interact with the game is very clear and also very limited, right? You have, you make sequential moves and each move can be up down left or right uh you only have these four options and you make all your moves in sequence and with each move you get a little piece of new information and you just kind of keep going from there so oh you know what it's, i'm remembering now i think the other thing they added since the launch of threes i don't think the original version gave you the number of the upcoming tile. Ah. I think you could see if it was a one or a two because of the color, or you could see if it was larger than a one mm -hmm. or a two. But now the game, uh, and the, these changes were you know, a couple months after launch, so still you know, four or five years ago. But I'm pretty sure that was also an addition post-launch. Okay. Anyway, uh, you get a little piece of new information every time, and then you get to make another you know, one of these four moves. Uh, and that's also impressive to me that like, your interaction with the game is so simple. I mean, even compared to something like checkers, you, with checkers, every possible board, you have dozens of moves you could make, right? Uh, and that is added complexity for somebody that's learning it. That's added complexity when you're designing the controls for the game to have to like account for all these different moves you could possibly make. And they managed to make this beautiful game with just four moves, uh, which I think is, is amazing. Threes also has such a natural arc and a natural ending. Uh, this is one thing I'm very critical of. So there's another popular game. Some people sometimes compare to threes just in the sense of polish. Uh, and right now I'm not remembering what it's called, but it was made by that guy. And it's like the Scrabble game where you like pick out a word and you get points for that word and it colors it your colors. You know what I'm talking Words about? Friends? No, it's not actually Scrabble. It's just like a, a, a like scrabbled, like a scrambled letter board. And you oh, like, did Lauren Brichter called... make it? Is it that one? Letterpress yes. or yes. something like that? Yes, it's called Letterpress. Ah, That's right. right. That's why I can't remember the name because it's the word for a whole different yeah. thing. Uh, 
letterpress is oftentimes compared to threes because they're both highly polished, yeah. you know, kind of colorful, simple puzzle games for iOS. But hot take, I think letterpress is a pretty bad game. Uh, and one of the reasons letterpress is not a great game from a game design perspective is that it kind of just the game spirals out of control. If you are winning, you tend to like continue to win. If you are losing, you tend to get further behind and you can see the end coming many turns away and you can see that it's hopeless for you and your only option is just to play it out and see how much you lose by, uh, which is a, a huge bummer in, in game design, yeah. right? Like you, your, your players shouldn't just like see that, that they have no hope and have no outs. Uh, and the thing that's great about threes is that it has this beautiful natural ending where like, Games are never super long. Even like a game where you accumulate a very high tile is still not that many moves, and it's not really possible for a game to be stalled, right? Like the game cannot just drag on. Uh, it, it's similar to like Tetris in that in that effect. Like because you're getting new things every single time, you're constantly fighting this tide of the board getting full, which is the end state of the game. As soon as you no longer have empty space to add a new tile to the board, uh, the game is over and you you know get your score based on how many tiles you've combined. And there's a, it's very rare to see that you've actually messed up so bad that you can't recover from it unless you're not paying attention until you're down to one square. Yeah, you can definitely make mistakes when you're making a play, but then it immediately becomes like, all right, how do I call back from this mistake? Right. Uh, and sometimes the mistake is like you got unlucky because a bigger tile came in than you expected, or sometimes the mistake is you accidentally swiped a direction because you touched the screen and you didn't mean to. That's very frustrating when that happens. Uh, but even those situations, it's not like, well, this game's not shot. Now I get to like make this a comeback story, right? right? <laughs> and try and like pull myself out of this hole. Which, uh, you know, a game like Letterpress, that's not the case. And, uh, you know, I could give a million examples of other games, but I think it's just better to, like, think about the games you like and think about how the endings work and think about games you played and didn't really like. I think oftentimes people's, at least especially first impression of a game, is related to how it ends. And if the end was something that was, like, frustrating and you felt like you had no control over it and it just kind of, like, you saw it coming, then your experience of the game is probably not very positive. It's like when I play Andy in Magic and he has Grizzle Brand. <laughs> <laughs> it's really frustrating. I know the ending. <laughs> I'm just waiting until I can die. Is that does that make magic a bad game? <clears throat> well, see, the thing that makes magic a great game is that you could have drawn something that would have completely turned that situation oh, if around. I if I had uh, drawn a grizzle brand, yeah. Well, I mean, magic is a game where you can always just quit if you you know you can always concede yeah. if you literally have yeah. no outs. But it's a beautiful game in that. You know, you have that random information off the top of your deck every time, and that card could be the one that just says, no, that's my Grizzle Brand. <laughs> now I'm going to take your Grizzle Brand. So what are you going to do about that's that? True. Uh, that can happen. Um, but we're not talking about magic. I could go down the whole about that. Uh, so yeah, the fact that it has this natural ending and this arc uh, where the game, you know, concludes in a way that you, you know, feel like you had total control over it and you're like reflecting on your moves you made and whether or not you could have made them better, I think is, is a great aspect of it. Uh, while we're talking about the Grizzle brand and top decking an answer to it, uh, Threes, I think, has one of the perfectly tuned balances between variance and skill of any kind of like puzzle game. Uh, so, like, you know, Sudoku is an example of this where Sudoku is, there's no variance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there is a Sudoku board, they put some numbers on there, the really hard ones that give you as little information as possible, uh, but it's entirely skill based, right? How fast you can complete it is just how familiar you are with seeing a Sudoku board, how quickly you can like do the math and like figure out which numbers are open, how quickly you can like sort this stuff out and like follow these decision trees and figure out if they're going to sort of satisfy your things. Same with chess and checkers. Like those games are just totally skill-based. Actually, there is variance in both. It's just whether you get to go first or not, uh, which is a huge advantage when you're playing competitively in chess. If you go first, you're like at 55% win percentage, uh, which is a huge difference in any kind of competitive game. So, uh, 
so striking that balance between variance and skill such that uh, it's not the kind of game where if you're great at it, you're basically never going to lose. Uh, and it's not the kind of game where when you're bad at it, you can't do, you can't even like play it because it's so skill-based. And three's benefits from this in that you're not playing against somebody, so you don't have the problem of like you're trying to learn chess from somebody that's way better than you, and they just basically have to like throw games because there's no way you're ever going to beat them in a game of open information with no variance because you're a new player. Uh, and the variance of threes, you know, the the what tile is going to come in next uh, is this like perfect little piece of information, but uh, it totally changes the way the game plays and is like essential. And I think it's the perfect balance of variance and skill such that if you get really good at the game, you can, you, what you're trying to do is put yourself in a position as many times as possible such that if you get lucky with the tiles, you can get to that next tier. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you can just sit down and, you know, go get, uh, you know, a 3,000 tile, uh, necessarily. Uh, I mean, if you're really, really skilled, you might be able to do that pretty reliably. But it's also possible that, like, you just get handed a pile of, like, bad tiles and you, like, go out on the 700 tile because you couldn't get any higher. And that just happens sometimes. So that is to say, it is uh, neither a game of skill, like gambling on daily fantasy sports, nor a game of chance, <laughs> like gambling on sports. Exactly. Uh, no, it's, it's got the right balance. And I think uh, variance, I think, is important in games because it evens out the sort of learning curve, which I think is really nice. It also is really important to make games satisfying to replay, right? Like, I think Sudokus are fun when you learn the kind of trick and you learn what they mm -hmm. are, and then it's kind of this, like, you know, almost meditative process of, like, filling them out. And I'm not sure why I'm comparing it to Sudokus. It's just one of the things that's popping in my head. I guess it's got numbers and a grid, so it's kind of similar in that sense. Uh, but Sudokus are not, like, like the only the only kind of way you could test yourself is just doing them faster and faster and faster and doing harder and harder ones. Uh, there doesn't really, there's no reward. There's no surprise in the Sudoku, right? There's no like, Ooh, uh, here comes a giant tile and I have the perfect place to put it. And I get this really, this great satisfaction that I set up my board this way. And then this variance is rewarding me. And there's none of the like cursing when you get four twos in a row and all you needed was a one or a three and you could have kept going, but you just kept getting twos. And now you're going to be, now your game's over because your whole bottom row is twos. Uh, and that that's, makes the game, I think, have a lot of replay value, which I think is, is very important to a, a good game that people get stuck do you on. Think a good, do you think you can have a good game without some sort of random number generator? I personally think there's a, a, pretty, a pretty big cap on how good a game can be if there's no variance. Uh, and like, like, frankly, I don't think chess is a very good game. Uh, I, I think it's the kind of thing where it's very impressive to study it and practice a lot and get very good at it especially like speed chess but it's not a fun game to sit down and play with somebody if you're both like chess amateurs right, right. uh it's it doesn't have and i think that's part of why that's the case uh and you'll i think um yeah I, th I think it's i think there's a ceiling on how good a game can be uh if it's purely skill it actually kind of almost becomes more like a sport to me when it gets purely skill based right like if i think about the uh, these big competitive like you know first person shooting games, which even those have variants with like the oh, drops yeah, sure. of items yeah. you get in random places, like they still inject variants in them. Um, but when I think about that, like I think being really good at something like that is more like you know a sport where like you have a skill that you've honed uh, to like do this thing re repeatedly over and over again very very well. But it doesn't have like the game feeling to me that a, something with some kind of random number generation, some variance in it uh, has naturally. Yeah. I think it's kind of well, important. I feel like even even with a sport. Oftentimes the the variable is going to be weather or environment or something, and uh, on, when you have it on a piece of paper, you don't even have that. Yeah, I haven't thought about this before, so I don't want to like propose it as a thesis at this time. But I, I'm starting to wonder if 
at least in my head, variance is the thing that distinguishes sport from a game. Because hmm. I, I would, I don't think we would accept. I mean, the, the best, the, the closest thing I can think of, it's like actual variance in like a professionally played sport is the fact that baseball stadiums are different sizes. Well, there's always like uh, in different there's shapes, things like coin tosses to decide who gets the ball first or things like that. Right, right, right. The the like minimal variance yeah. that comes from any turn based game that the chess also has. Uh, but yeah, I feel like we wouldn't accept like if if the Olympics came down to like oh well this time Michael Phelps just happened to get that power up uh, and shave two seconds off his time like I, I think that would be very much against the spirit of of a sport like a sport is supposed to be this like skill testing thing uh, in games I think we have a lot more leeway for that I feel like it's a part of the the DNA of a game that there's going to be ups and downs there's going to be luck. Uh, you know, like poker is a game of skill, right? And that the way you bet, uh, you can be a much better poker player than somebody else. But also, it's literally a, to- a game of total random chance, and that you have no control over your fate except by betting. Uh, so I don't know. That's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I'm going to be mulling over that if if I think that's actually. Mm, we'll come back to that. Bookmark. Does that have a difference between a sport and a game? Perhaps. Um. All right. So the I have a couple things up that are a little bit more involved. So I touched on this a little bit when I was talking about how the game has a natural ending. But I think that one of the things that's greatest about threes is that is how the game progresses when you're playing it. So the board starts with like, I don't know, seven tiles on it, mostly empty spaces and some tiles, uh, and you start combining them. Uh, but the way it works is that it's rare that you can make a move that combines more tiles uh, than the one that's going to come in off the board, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you're adding one tile to the board, so if you just make a swipe that can di- that combines, you know, two tiles, then you've, like, netted... You're net zero, right? You're back to where you started with a number of tiles on the board. It's just that one's bigger. If you make a swipe that combines four tiles, so, you know, two pairs of two, uh, then you've decreased the sort of density of the board a little bit. Uh, and this is one of the things that was, like, one of my, like, level-up moments when I was playing threes is as the game progresses and you get closer to the end, the board gets more full. And as a byproduct of the board getting more full, you as the player actually have much more control over where the piece is going to appear on the board than you had at the beginning of the game. Because the beginning of the game, oftentimes, you know, your first swipe, you don't know if that tile is going to come in. That, that tile has like four possible places it can come in because you have a whole empty row and that you don't know where it's going to come in randomly on that. So that's another part of right. the variance is the sort of which, which row a, a tile comes in on. Uh, but then as the board gets more full, you can start to intentionally, you know, keep rows that are like stacked up, you know, left to right so that, you know, when this tile comes in, I can put it exactly where I want it. Uh, and that was something that I kind of, uh, you know, I think the the very first like level up moment when you're playing threes is realizing like, oh, if I keep my high tiles in a corner, uh, that kind of allows me to have higher point tiles closer to other higher point tiles and have this like the opposite corner, right? The two opposite sides are where I'm going to bring my lower point tiles in from. And then I'll work them kind of through this chain up to the higher point tiles. That's like the first first level up for threes. For me, the second one for me was, uh, for me, this, for me, the second like level up moment was realizing that sometimes you intentionally want to keep the board a little more full if you have the option at any moment to combine a chain of tiles and like clear it off if you need to. Because by having that board more full, you have a lot more control over where the tiles come in. Uh, and this also affects, this also is why the end game is so good on threes because uh, really it's like, 
maybe the last two moves, uh, maybe the last like three in some games are moves that are actually like, oh man, this is actually over. I just have to make these last three moves. As you're approaching that end state, you have the most control you've had at any point in the game, right? Now you're basically choosing, do I want the tower to come in here or there, right? You have like two spots right. left, uh, maybe three. Uh, and so it, it's really this kind of like white knuckle like uh, exciting situation when you get down to the end because I, there's a lot of times where like the board's getting really full but you're managing your tiles well and you have you know a nice ascending order of tiles and so you know if you get a couple if you can combine a few more you can kind of like follow that chain all the way up uh, and the board gets very close to full but then you get the tiles you need and you kind of like clear the whole thing and, and you'll get a big tile and start back at square one so that always has the chance of happening, pretty much. Like, right up until the last move, you always have the chance of, like, if I just get these tiles I need right here, uh, I'm going to be able to combine all these things and, you know, get my score a lot higher. Uh, and so the fact that your your amount of control you have over the game just gets more and more and more granular as the game gets closer to its end state is is a brilliant byproduct of the system that they designed. And I don't know if Asher, I haven't read all of the emails that they published about the game design. I don't know if this is something that they were like intentionally going for or if it's just a byproduct of the fact that the game works the way it works. Uh, but I think it's one of the best things about it that as you play, you get more control over the board and can more decide your fate. Your, 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 your choices become more important as the game goes on uh, as opposed to a game like Letterpress where your choices become less important as the game goes on because once you're behind, it's very difficult to get back. And so the moves you made early in the game to get you behind are the ones that were really important, and now you're just kind of playing out an inevitability, uh, whereas this is the opposite. Uh, so you start off, and you're just kind of swiping fast. It doesn't matter. Like, it's kind of sloppy. Uh, and I'll sometimes be too sloppy in the beginning. I'll think, oh, I'll wait till I get to, you know, a 1,500 tile, but start caring about things much. Uh, and as the game goes on, your decisions become more and more important. That's brilliant. I love that. Is that actually what is that called in game design? Or you it get progressively gets more difficult as you get further into the game, or or I guess you're saying something different. You're saying progressively you get more control. Yeah, it's not a matter of it's not a matter of difficulty. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm saying your decisions matter more, but it's not like it's not like you know a, an experienced threes player would be better suited to make the decisions once the board is full than a new threes player. Like I think you know you are just as suited no matter what. It's not like you can't make those decisions because it's too mm -hmm. hard. Uh, it's just that your decisions become more important regardless of your skill level, uh, which I, I can't think of another game that this is like directly comparable to. Uh, you know, it's kind of like this thing that's a little bit unique about threes, and I think it's one of the reasons why it's so great and I keep coming back to it is that, you know, it has this amazing mechanic where like the feeling of the game changes, right? Like, and, and when I, I have it like a, it's on my bucket list, all my life goals to like beat threes. What, so, is actually, what does it mean uh, to beat threes, by the way? So I don't know if this is the first time it ever happened, but there's a popular uh, Twitter account. I think it's called like threes porn or something. And it's just, they mostly tweet out pictures of like boards where like they get exactly the tile they need and they're able to combine a lot of tiles all at once. And it's very satisfying. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are, there are a group of people that are still playing threes and still playing it at a very high level. And they, like, I think nine months ago or eight months ago, uh, tweeted out a video of them beating threes. Hmm. Turns out when you get the, th and it's spoilers for threes, turns out when you get the 6,000 tile, which is the next one above, I've gotten the 3,000 tile, I've never gotten the 6,000 tile. Turns out when you combine two 3,000s, you have a 6,000 tile, you get like an end game animation, uh, and I think it just stops you there, and you get whatever score the board is. It doesn't matter if your board was full or not. Hmm. I think you're just done at that okay. point. Um, so it's, uh, it's very challenging. I don't know if anybody ever beat it before that video and that was like four years after the game came out uh and i, I think i've heard asher and and uh 
Greg or maybe just one of them say that they themselves have not been able to beat it. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a thing that is a very difficult thing to accomplish, and I would love to do it before I die. Uh, so what I'm playing, you know, like I said, I'll be kind of sloppy early on. And then once I get like a 1500, I'll start paying more attention. And as soon as I get a 3000, I'm like, all right. Or as soon as I get close to a 3000, like if I've got a 1500 and like a 700, I'm like, all right, now I'm like, you know, dead focus on the game. The rest of the world is dead to me. I'm ignoring Hillary talking in the other room and I'm deep in it. Uh, and that's something that I think is amazing that a game can still have that feeling after playing it thousands of times. You still get to the point where it's like, oh man, now every tile matters perfectly and i'm actually like mapping out moves ahead of these and trying to plan what i'm going to do next uh so i don't know it's it's very very satisfying aspect of the game it's like the bullet mode of threes yeah it's bullet time like <laughs> you know you get into it you're like oh man now i'm so close i can't screw this up uh which i don't know i think it's it's a very like it's rare that a game gets better as you get closer to the end uh, and it's, it's a weird thing because you'd think that would be normal, but it's really not. Like, as you get closer to the end of a lot of games, they, they lose a lot of their luster. So that's a, that's a great thing about it. My, uh, my last thing here is uh, a little bit meta, stepping out of just, like, the actual game design of threes. But uh, something that amazes me about it, and I think is one of its best traits, is that it is perfectly suited to the medium that it exists mm. in. Uh, like, this game could not exist in the physical world, right? It's not like they prototype this with paper because you're combining tiles. You're like taking two things and they're smooshing and becoming a new thing of the same size. Like you could not play this on a board in your kitchen. Uh, it would be terrible on a console. I mean, you could technically play it because again, the inputs are very simple. It's just, you know, up, down, left, right. Uh, so you could play it on almost anything. Uh, but an important mechanical thing about the game is being able to, uh, I guess it's not actually important, but it's really helpful uh, pattern for a player is that the way it works you can like start swiping and it will show you how the board will combine should you decide to swipe that way and then you can like change your mind and unswipe as long as you don't let go uh and so it's got this great little like peak feature where you like can slide it and be like right they're going to combine that way and you could look at the board and know they were going to combine that way but it's a lot more visceral to kind of feel it and you can move more quickly and plan your moves more quickly if you can actually just kind of see and like peek what the moves are going to do uh so the fact that it's got simple inputs, the fact that it's got a clear goal, the fact that there's this little peaking feature where you can see how the board's going to combine if you swipe that direction, uh, it's just perfectly suited to the iPhone. Like it is, it, it fits it like a glove, right? It's it's the perfect place to play this game, and it really, honestly, like I, I can't imagine playing it in any other situation. It'd be like and, uh, you know, like on a PlayStation, when you have to type in your password, and it's like the most arduous yes. thing in the planet. Uh, I feel like it'd be that. Right, to be painful. Yeah, and you could map the controls. You could map the controls, and it would be fine. But, uh, but it's so impressive to me. Like, it's clear that both Greg and Asher were like mobile gamers, kind of deep in their soul, and they like clearly prototyped this from the beginning in on the iPhone, right? Because you would not be able to like sit down with a pen and paper and plan this game and imagine it and like pull it out of your brain. Uh, if you were not working in the medium in which it was going to exist in its final form, sure. because it's, I don't know, it's, it's something very impressive to me about making a game in a totally novel medium that uses every aspect of that medium to its advantage to make something great. So, so yeah, and like you said, the polish is great. Uh, it's like every little detail of it is very satisfying and cute. Greg made all these little cute animated versions of all the tiles, so it's not just boring numbers. You get a little 
bit of character as you're combining things. It's, uh, it's just a great game. Uh, and I, I think about it often when I'm designing things that have similar attributes and uh, I, I hold other iOS games that I try up to the, to the, the, the sort of standard of threes and nothing has even come close so far to, to meeting, meeting it on its own terms and having these sort of same, these same great aspects. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's beautiful. I, uh, I, do, I do wish I could make a thing that is that like uh, complete and uh, lives for that long. I think that's, that's quite a challenge, especially in software design um, or game design or whatever. But I mean, it's, it's a combination of things, right? It's not just game design. It's also, you know, just interface design. It's, it's every piece design, of it. It's every little piece of it. Sound design. Um, yeah, I think it does have cute sounds. I haven't had my phone muted for six years, so I heard them like once, but I think it does have good sounds too. It does have too. good sounds. I like the sounds. I, don't, I also mute my phone, but sometimes I have my headphones on and then they're, then they're playing. I agree, Andy. I think Threes is a great game. I, it's, it's, it has stood the test of time, which is not easy to do on the iPhone. I, my, my pattern is usually to uh, get a free game or spend $2 on a game or $0.99 cents on a game, play it for, I don't know, a day, and then delete it. So uh, I can't think of that many games that have survived, especially for that long. Or just get pushed to the back of the folder. Yeah. That happens a lot. You get pushed to the back of the folder, and then you're, you're basically gone forever. Yeah, I recently, I got a new phone somewhat recently, and I made the decision to just start from scratch, not to install from my yeah. backup, because my phone was full of a bunch of cruff that had just built up in all the corners of it. Uh, and so, like, th- I downloaded Threes day one. I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, like, try and remember the apps I had. I'm just going to wait till I need or want an app, and then I'll download it when that mm-hmm. happens. Uh, and it's been, I don't know, four months, and I still just have Threes. It's the only game on my phone, because I have not felt the need or desire to play anything else. All right. That's, I want, is there, is, are there any other games like this? I want another game that I can just have on my phone and be the other, another threes. Do they exist, Andy? Will, will people tweet this at us? Uh, the other games I heard people compare to threes. We've talked about letterpress. I, I, uh, a lot letterpress of people, is pretty, but I, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't stick with it. No, I don't think it has a successful game design. I think as an app, it is a huge success. It is a example of a great, well-made uh you know polished app but game design wise i don't think it has has the sort of staying power um people often kind of lump threes in with uh the game dots too if you play dots 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 is fine dots is not as complex it's a little bit uh dots gets a bit boring i played dots i played two dots they're very pretty games they look great um but i don't know if they they survive as long yeah, and then there's, you know, there's, like, the Monument Valleys of the world, which is a thing that's got, like, a one-time playthrough value, yep. maybe two or three times if you're really into it, but it's not something you're going to come back to regularly. Obviously, that's very well done. Um, I really like a puzzle game called Snakebird, mm. uh, which is not like threes because it's the kind of thing where once you beat it, you're done with it, basically. Uh, but it is extraordinarily hard. I don't think we've talked about Snakebird before, but... Uh, I have beat all but two, maybe three, all but two or three levels of Snakebird. Um, it's only like 50 or 60 levels. It's not a ton of levels, mm-hmm. uh, but they get progressively harder, and it's a very challenging puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that I can't beat these two or three levels haunts me. It, <laughs> and I know I could go on YouTube and like look it up and like solve it in 30 seconds if I, if I wanted to, but it's just the fact that I can't figure out these levels ooh, <laughs> really sticks with me, sticks in my Good. craw. I like to hear that. But yeah, I don't know. Nothing, nothing is at all comparable to threes, right? Like Snakebird's a very different thing. Like it's a, 
it's a cool mechanic that they turned into like a typical puzzle game with levels that you beat and then you're done. Uh, but that to me is like wholly different than building this regen- this like generative system that is always different, always new, uh, and kind of rewards a constant playing without having a sense of beating it. Again, unless you get to the highest tile, which is one of my lifetime goals. Well, there it is. Undeniably the best iOS game or maybe the best mobile game with replayability and the thing that we're going to bookmark, Andy, is I want to come back to this. The difference between a game and a sport is variance. This is fun. Let's think on this. I'm going to be mulling that over in all my, my spare brain cycles. Okay, cool. I, this did not end up being short like I had planned. Well, Turns out Threes has got a lot of important things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, it's an important game. Very important. Podcast, man. If you don't have Threes, go buy it. Give Asher and, and uh, Greg your money.